This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. Welcome to the show, Jack. Hey, how's it going, Alex? Glad to have you here, Jack. First question, I mean, we want to learn more about bird dogs. I will say as the lead, for those who don't know, Jack and bird dogs have been with Loop for going on a year. Is that right? Yeah, a little bit over a year. I think we launched last May, to be specific. You guys were the shocker brand to us when we first hit the pandemic, like March hits, everything shuts down and bird dogs is still going live with Loop. It was like you were all the first signal that things might be okay for us as we navigated <laughs> COVID. Yeah, yeah, it was it was certainly a priority for us and, and definitely a weird time to to think to roll out any sort of new functionality or, or new build outs, but but we knew that it was uh, you know, going to be a growing and required need of of us as the brand that we are uh to to get an RMA in place. So no time like the present, right? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. Well, you mean a lot of us. Bird Dogs means a lot to us. But uh, for those who haven't listened or, or haven't been to your site before, can you give a quick intro on who Bird Dogs is and why y'all are so awesome? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why we're so awesome is is a good question. Um, what we do, though, <laughs> what we do is we make uh, shorts and pants with built-in underwear um, so that you know you don't have to wear it. Uh, you know, underwear is uncomfortable, gives you wedgies. Uh, we've taken that problem fully out of uh, men's closets. Uh, that's the short little uh, pitch right there. I love how short and simple that is. And I think it actually relates extremely well to what we're talking about today. And in our last conversation, Jack, I was applauding how easy you make everything to understand the simplicity of the site. And one thing you said to me in the past that has really stuck with me is you told me that it's all about being minimally maximized or minimal but maximized. What does that statement mean to you in the context of like e-commerce? I, I mean, I think that's that, you know, talk about fundamental ways to communicate ideas to people, right? You want it to be simple, understandable, boiled down to a few, if not one key aspect, right? But you want what you're explaining to explain it in full and to explain it in a way that is is digestible and understandable to a, a large group. If you want me to continue to expound on that in, in terms of like how it relates to e-commerce, you, as you know, the e-com provider, as as the website, as the the brand, as the business, have very few opportunities to re- directly engage with with who you want to buy your thing, who you want to buy your widget, who you want to visit your site and do the thing. So you have to think about that interaction as as almost a flash in the pan. How do you make the most of that interaction? So it sounds like it's how you speak to to customers and the value you're delivering to them quickly but deeply. Where is that most effective? That's sort of exactly it. I mean, quickly but deeply, it, it really, if if we want to take this conversation potentially in a different direction, speaks a lot to, to the way that we market and advertise to people. You know, uh, we think that very short form, you know, inside a minute, mostly inside 30 second content delivered to people when they, they kind of want to see, you know, random content is, is a great thing. And if it can deliver a quick message, if it can deliver a quick laugh, if it can make someone, you know, break up their day and think about us a little more, like talk about a home run. I love that. So when, when we talk about quickly, but deeply minimal, but maximized, like I love all these concepts, but obviously to get to that point, you need to kind of learn enough about the customer, enough about what they're looking for to actually be able to speak to them that way. Mm-hmm. And in the past, we were talking about something that you had done to try to discover all of these tidbits of information that end up being the foundation or the core of your story. Do you mind sharing with our listeners what you did there to start to 
I don't know, decipher this information that you could use? Yeah, so so we knew that, not to call it a problem, but we had better ways to, to really rethink and rework our website and rethink the customer journey from ad delivery, but then to website visit, and then from website visit all the way through purchase and then repurchase and continuing that. Um, we, we knew that we didn't have a problem, but that we could have just made it better, made it more clear back in, in, you know, the winter of 2019, I believe it was, um, you know, into, into the beginnings of 2020 pre pandemic, of course. Um, uh, and so we knew that there was something that we could do there that was just a little bit better. Um, and one thing that, that we pride ourselves over here on is whenever we need to ask a question, we love to speak to people to get the answer. And that might sound like <laughs> an oversimplified version of, of what, you know, people should be doing, but it's, it, I think that it gets lost on people that really interacting with not only your, your customers, but your, your future target and the people that love you, but also the people that hate you, but also, you know, it, it's all about talking to and, and recognizing the intersection of people that will be and have interacted with whatever you're selling that will get you those nuggets of wisdom that are like, huh, wow, no matter where you sit in the funnel, like someone has a problem with this little button being here or, or can't navigate to this little, the, this little part of the site or doesn't understand the words that we're using to communicate this thing. How, how do we do that better? Because it's, it's, it's clearly an overruling problem. Or, you know, maybe it's specifically new people and, and you know, net new is, is the name of the game. You know, it's it's new people that really have an issue with this thing. So how do we how do we accommodate them a little bit better so that you know when when the next and when the next hundredth and then when the next thousandth person visits, like they know what they're doing a little bit better because you've colored yourself with with actual personable interactions uh, to to garner insight. First thing that comes to mind if I was a brand that was operating a site and wanting to do this is like, how the heck do I actually even get that feedback? You pick up a phone and, and you, you pick up a phone and someone gives you their phone number when they check out, you say, can I talk to you for five seconds? And, and that five seconds turns into 30 minutes. And, and sometimes they'll come and visit you if, if you're you know willing and able to do it. And that's, that's it. What an exchange of value. Like you guys get the feedback from the customer and they get a call from bird dogs. I don't think I've ever yeah. had a brand call me before. Um, that's awesome. Some people, some people are lovingly surprised when they're like, Hey, this is Jack, uh, from bird dogs. And they're like bird dogs. And you're like, yeah, you bought like shorts from us maybe like six months ago. And then they're like, ah, like, don't call me again. But then there are some people who are like Jack from bird dogs. Like you mean, you mean bird dogs? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and then they like, they get, take 10 minutes of the call and you're like, you're trying to get some information, but you also have to like, you know, absolutely love your customers too, because they're, they're just as pumped as you are about everything. That's amazing to me because like when you, at the beginning you were saying like, oh, you need to go and you need to find that information from your customers. And you kind of alluded like, oh, like obviously. But the thing is, I don't think in the moment it's actually that obvious. I feel like a lot of times when we encounter a problem, especially in e-com, we result to, let's just go look at the data. Let's just go look at Google Analytics. Let's look at like what we're seeing from like a numbers perspective. But what you're saying there with like, call that person like you're going to get insight that you're never going to see with just a recording of the site or like the data that's being presented to you in google analytics exactly exactly you know there's and it's even in the way that people talk about things that you can really start like one thing that we try to do best even though it's it's always a failure is is you know we don't record the calls we transcribe them as we're as we're talking so it's those nuggets of wisdom that you're really searching for because you know you make 10 calls to people and like you'll get 10 different answers but one person will say that one thing that you're like, that's the key to unlocking everyone else's insight. 
And you're like, that is how I can verbalize and communicate exactly what, what is the, the hang up that these 10 people that have described it 10 different ways were really trying to say to me. It's like, where do you even begin? Like, oh my gosh, I'm a brand. I put my customer on the line. Never thought I'd have this opportunity. Now they do. Yeah. And, and you start asking questions. What, what, what would you say were the most impactful or meaningful questions that you know, brands listening in should start with? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really all about the, what is the purpose that is driving this, this survey and, or this instance. The, mo- like, the one that we're talking about is a little too far for me to remember the exact questions that we were asking. And, and that one also had a little bit of a different format. But but we ha- we do them all the time with especially product design stuff um, where it's like you know how'd you like it you know you you start you you have like five questions you can ask them before you're like you took too much of their time but then the first question is always super broad super like open ended and then as they start to answer you have four other questions five other questions that you're like all right you've talked a little bit about this let's guide it in the way that I need to get my insight or you know your nail on the head. Let me try to open it up a little bit more for, for, you know, just general feedback and things like that. Um, and so we know where our, we, we try to think about where our pain points are with our, our products or with our, our services. And, and we, we work back from there and, and then develop, you know, a comprehensive, but, but open list of questions that, that we know will drive us to a, a very, very sound conclusion. That's amazing. And, but what, one thing that sticks out to me is like, you talked about, Hey, you, you purchased from us six months ago and you give them a call. Sometimes they're receptive. Sometimes they're not like the mix of types of shoppers that you can end up talking to. So like you could talk to someone who just recently bought and you're going to get like what they think right now. You can talk to someone who bought six months ago and like, how was the lasting impression with them? Do you have any tips for, like you talked a bit about trying to find information from those who haven't yet bought from you? Yeah. Do you have any tips for anyone who wants to go collect like that type of information? How do I inform the next generation of shopper? So this is this is I think actually where this specific study that we're talking about a little bit more today uh, really comes into play. Uh, so what we did was we found you know a bunch of group of friends and then we we're like, okay, give us like ten people that you know never interacted with the site. And, and we actually introduced them, brought them into our office, like had them operate a computer, do all of that, like watch them do everything. And it's, it's really that because when you think about your next generation of shopper, of course, there are people that are like more closely on target. But realistically speaking, it's anyone like we're all throwing darts at the dartboard right now. And, and we're largely throwing them with a half blindfold on. And, <laughs> and, and so like for me to say like this person is 100 percent going to be my next customer, like. I can't say that with certainty. Like anyone can buy my stuff. Like, you know, yeah, the target is, is for men that, you know, wear shorts and pants. That's pretty much everyone in the country, but, but women also buy shorts and pants. So like, you know, like anyone can be your customer. So, so just find someone that, you know, has never interacted with before and ask them, like, have you ever done this? Like, can I pull you off the street? Do you have like 30 minutes to hop on a computer? Like that's, that's sort of, of what it's about is it, it's almost like breaking down that barrier, that, that like apprehension. That's like, uh, I need to be, be super respectful. Like ask someone directly, <laughs> be super direct and be like, do you have the time? Like, would you be willing to do this? And they're like, yes or no. And you stop right there or you, you proceed and you can learn a lot. I think a lot of people are, it, it's getting past that fear of asking, I think is like the biggest piece of this. But one, Jack, one thing you said to me in a previous conversation that has really stuck with me is this idea of when you talk to your existing customers, they end up speaking this language, this kind of like, I don't know, way of being, way of thinking that is common amongst people who are 
let's call them repeat purchasers, loyal customers, but that's not necessarily the language or the way to go about doing something when you're trying to go and like, again, find that next generation of customers. So like any tips for people who are starting to have these customer conversations with like, how do you find the things that resonate with the loyal and how do you kind of abstract that out and get to the core for that next person? Yeah, I I think that that's a very, very good question. Um, the beauty of, of really trying to build a brand is that, you know, you always have an identity that you try to, to maintain and cater to. The question is, is that brand scalable, right? Can you grow that past who you're initially talking to? Um, and so how do you talk to that next person that isn't part of your, your quote unquote core, or maybe they're, you know, they're not the, the bullseye, but they're the single bull, or maybe, you know, they're the ring out. How do you talk to them um, in a way that doesn't dilute or or really talk ill of in a way that they've been loyal to you, the people that have come back? Um, it's a matter of, of being mindful of the people that brought you there versus the people that you know will get you to the next level, I, I think is really it. So, you know, that's, that's really where a lot of our, our content decisions and, and a lot of the communication decisions that, that when we come to the website really come through is it's like, yeah, we don't want to present ourselves in a way that's, that's too brushed up or too buttoned up because that, that, you know, completely denies who we are and who we've been to get here. But we do have to think about, you know, how that next person that might see something that might read something will interact with it. Are they going to, is it going to be a complete absolute no turnoff? Um, and if it is like that can be fine, realistically speaking, but if, if it's, if it's wholly so then, then that's a problem. That's, you know, it's, it's finding the, the right balance between being true to who you are as a brand and, and then saying, okay, how do I talk to people in a way that is, is true to that, but, but, you know, might not be the same language, might not be the same verbiage as before. I think that that was a lot of, of words that got circular right there. That was definitely not clear. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get a, we'll get a follow-up to go into the minimal, but maximal, but I, I think it, I think it's in there for sure. There's something about communicating in a way that, that is important to the people that have dedicated, you know, resource to you and staying true to that. But there's something important also about, you know, introducing new people to it. Um, and, and being mindful of both of those people as they, they think and they think that you are is is essentially what's important when you're when you're talking to new customers. I, I think that's super important. And so one again, one of the reasons one of the reasons I love bird dogs is just how clear the communication is on the website. So like I know exactly what you guys is it's a concept that it's so simple, but people don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And the education that you've been able to build and how simple you've been able to create the site. I know that a lot of customer research has gone into that. And in, in past conversations, you talked about this idea of like, as we're starting to conduct this research, we're going, we're approaching it from the rose bud thorn strategy. Yeah. Do you mind giving our listeners like an understanding of what you mean when you go in looking for the rose, the bud and the thorn? Yeah. So, so essentially, um, you know, our website is, is something that anyone can interact with anytime, anywhere, any place, um, on any device. Right. So that's, that's something that, that means that it's wholly accessible and a lot of people can do it. Um, and, and some people may like the things that you do. Some people may hate the things that you do. And some people may, may, you know, give you good ideas of, of what you could do better. 
right? And that's that's essentially what the rosebud thorn approach really says. A rose is something that someone can highlight and be like, hey, you know what? You guys did this thing incredibly well. You made it so easy for me when I got to the product that I like for me to get it in my cart and check out. Like that's, you know what? Pat yourself on the back. Great job. A thorn is something that's like, okay, I wanted to do this, but either it was unclear for me, so I gave up and left, or it was impossible for me, so I gave up and left, right? And so you look at that as, as a fixable opportunity um, that you know is, is slightly more urgent probably and, and definitely needs to be fixed because it's stopping people from doing what your, your site, your product needs to be doing. And then a bud finally is, is some, is that, that's what I'm talking about. When you hear that nugget of wisdom, that insight, it's like, huh, maybe, maybe we could do this thing a little bit better. It's, it's that opportunity that you see on the board that you're like, if we rethink this, is there a better way that we can do, you know, click minimization? Is there a better way that we can do uh, upsell? Is there a better way that we can do, you know, uh, cart incentives, things like that, um, where, where that's sort of the segmented approach. I think brands really think of thorns as the problems they need to fix quickly. Like if a thorn exists and I'm not aware of it, I must fix that immediately. And so was there any insight or wisdom you got from your surveys and your research of some very obvious thorns that that weren't obvious to you before you talked to the customer? Yeah. um, I mean, there weren't a whole lot of like super, super big pain points in that way, which is, is something that what we have done in, in website design in the past and what we've tried to keep up on, you know, at all times. And, and we've gotten away from this recently because we're really starting to come to our own, but we always used to look at a lot of competitors and say like, okay, what are they doing? What does it look like for them to interact with? And like, let's try to mimic that in a great way so that, you know, they're communicating in some way, they're putting a lot of dollars into this clearly. Like let's, let's try to tap into that insight in our own way. Um, so we, we've never really had big, big thorns, but some of the ones that did come out when we, when we looked into exactly how someone really dives into our website is we have essentially, you know, four products, five products that just look all different. Um, and one thing that we learned is that people really thought that when two different products had two different names, they were absolutely different things, even though they might fall into the same bucket. Um, and so that's the sort of like confusion aspect that I was talking about where people just give up and say like, you know, throw their hands in there. They're like, oh, I'm done. Like I, I might come back later. I probably won't. Like you, you had them there at that one time you had that one chance to sell them and you didn't. Um, and we found that to be the case, not with our shorts so much because they've just been our stable product and people have kind of gotten that as time went on. But when we initially launched and when we first went with our, our pants product, that's where we had a little bit of a, an issue where we had three colors, not three different styles, but three colors. And, and people were like, so there's something different, right? And, and we're like, no, there very clearly isn't. But clearly, I think, is, is the word that we assumed and not the word that they assumed. I love that. And like, maybe there wasn't a whole lot of thorns out there, but you said in like the description of the rosebud thorn, a bud is that golden nugget, that kind of like aha moment. As you were doing this, what was that bud? What was like the one aha moment where you're like, man, we can really change something about what we're doing here? Yeah. I mean, we, we really thought that it was, it was super easy at all times for customers to navigate through to, to our products. And, and realistically speaking, it was it like, you know, there's a header link, there's a footer link, there's an everything link, but really about the whole pointing them down toward singular products and then keeping them there or, or rather even pointing them 
down towards a singular category of products and then keeping them there because that's what interested them most. Um, was really the opportunity that we saw is 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 really in, you know, finding out what the customer wants. Generally speaking, so if you go to our website now, there are there are like four categories of shorts. It's um, khaki, gym shorts, Oxford, and bathing suit. Right, a customer comes and is like, "This speaks to me a little more rather than everything." You know, if you if we give you a whole mess of things, uh, you know, you'll click through them all or you'll click through one and say yes or no and then be done with it. Um, that was really the opportunity that we saw is, is if we can pre-communicate with you and, and try to give you a little bit of a, an idea of what you're looking for to match your needs, then we're serving you a lot better as a, as a website. One of the things I love when like you're talking about pointing them down the funnel, keeping them going deeper as opposed to going laterally on your site. I think your guys' product page does an awesome job with one, reviews. I mean, your reviews are just fantastic. The way you've got all of them there, you can scroll through as many as you'd like. But there's that interesting bit when you get past the reviews where now we're talking about like President Obama wearing a pair of bird dogs or Jeff Bezos wearing a pair of bird dogs. How do you guys see that playing into this? Is that like meant to be the point? Yeah. How does it play into the, to the customer's buying journey? Yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of when we talk about loyalty to, to the existing guys, the, the real people that came up with us and, and have supported us since day one, that's for them. You know, the content we produce is the content we produce and we we love to to flap that as much as possible. And that is is sort of the story of the product. This is like, this is the humor. This is the newsletter that you got. And and all of these products constantly tie into to the content that we write and, and, and we produce so that we can communicate with customers in a, in a meaningful way that, you know, it it that's our brand <laughs> right there laid out for you. And the repeat customers almost feel like this is for me. This is who I fell in love with. And here it is on the product page waiting for me. Exactly. And, and that's the sort of thing that we're, we're never going to give up on is, is exactly that presenting people with the joke that brought them in and then giving them the other joke that kept them and then constantly. I think the thing that's so interesting to me is like, yes, like looking for new customers, like moving them, moving them downward towards the purchase, but like not losing sight of what got you there and losing sight of that core group of people. Mm-hmm. When you were going through this study, like when you were talking to them, was that content in that like playful way of interacting? Was that one of the roses? Like what was the thing that people were like, you guys got to keep doing this. This is what bird, like, makes bird dogs, bird dogs. Yeah. I, I mean, like number one on that list is a hundred percent our newsletter. The, our, our newsletter is what makes bird dogs, bird dogs. Um, and that's, it's like our most loved touch point and it's, it's our most viewed touch point And it's, it's what we spend a lot of time on. And, and it's, that's where that's where a lot of this content gets generated. By the way, this is like the incarnation of what already came out in a newsletter when we launched the product and have since you know further refined the the humor and the comedy of it. That's that's really the number number one thing that we do well, and the number two thing that we really really do well is we make a, a killer effing product. Can't shortcut that. Really can't. Nope. Yeah. Now they that's those are the two things that really came across um, when it comes to the site. Like you know, you talk about roses. There were. A few, but it's it's you know almost not even worth. I, I can't go into my head and even think about like what they were specifically. Um, but it, it's almost not like it's a pat on your back scenario. You know, it's it's yeah, like it's we do a great thing there, but let's not rest. Let's let's let the other opportunities, the the, the pain points, really be our priorities. And for brands that are listening to everything that you've been talking about today, and they want to take a similar approach, and they're going to start talking to their customers, they're going to maybe use the rosebud thorn methodology, any pitfalls or anything that happened that you want to warn other brands about before they make that same mistake? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good question. I think there's a lot that brand leaders know about themselves, 100%. And they should, they should 100% trust their gut when it comes to a lot of the decisions directionally where the brand should be going. Past that, um, when it comes to things like, you know, site efficiency, when it comes to things like product efficiency or product quality, there's really a lot of beauty in, in just stopping and talking. You know, you're, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, and then just taking your head up over the water and saying, all right, let's take a breath. Let's see where we are. Let's talk to a few people that have interacted with what we're doing. Let's prototype and let's see how people feel about this thing. Um, that's, that's the real, real thing that makes a difference is, is saying, all right, I've done a lot of work. Now let's see how it does, how, how it looks. Or I'm thinking about doing a lot of work in this direction. I've done my research. Now, how do other people think about that same sort of thing? Gotcha. This has been fantastic. I think there's a lot of a lot of takeaways here for brands. I think the big ones for me are don't be afraid to get on the phone. Like I come in here being like, oh, you're talking to your customers, Jack. And we're like, how do you do it? And you're like, you pick up the phone and you dial a number and you actually have a real conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Doing that, I like again, it's simple. I don't think enough brands are doing it. I think we've become a little too reliant on data. That's like my number one takeaway from this. The rosebud thorn methodology, I think, is a really interesting way to look at the look at the insight that you're getting from taking a look at like from having those conversations. And from what you're saying, there isn't really like one spot where this is going to be effective. You can uncover anything that can help you from site experience to customer communication to the difference between communicating with first time customers and existing customers. And I think that's been fantastic. Is there any brands that you think like that other brands should be looking at to get inspiration? Like when you're building all these methodologies, like thinking about the best way to do things, who do you look to for inspiration? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of brands that I would say I look to. There are a lot of companies that I would say I look to for inspiration when it comes to like how to build a better website, how to think about, you know, your core product offering and expanding that. There are definitely like, you know, companies that do that. When it comes to brands, you know, I, that's that's a, a sacred word in my mind where it's like, this is a, almost a person that I interact with. This is a friend that I choose to have. There's one that really comes to mind, especially, you know, given the context of bird dogs, that I think stands above the rest in, in not only the product they make is unique, but, but the way that if you've ever gone through their website, it's, it's hysterical. Like you'll, you'll be in stitches. Like they, they're more reverent than we are. Um, and if you, if you've heard of them, great. If you haven't, I, I very much implore you to check them out, even though I shouldn't be plugging someone else is pit viper. Um, they make these these sunglasses that were designed for like snowboarders and extreme sporters, um, and they look, you know, ridiculous, but in the best kind of way. And they they own that. They really do, and it's super cool. They really lean into it. My cousin has a pair of Pit Vipers, and he's got the mullet going, and he's like absolutely playing into like the their brand. And yeah, I think they I think they do a really good job of that as well. Yeah. Now, before we let you go, Jack, is there anywhere where people can follow along with you? LinkedIn, Twitter, a blog? I think we should definitely link your newsletter here for people to follow along with that. That would be super appreciated. Um, if anyone cares to follow me, I'm not really on, on much of the social medias or post anything. Um, I am on LinkedIn. If you want to follow me, that would be nice, but it really wouldn't mean a lot because I don't post a lot. Yeah, I I don't want uh, necessary people following my personal Instagram, so maybe I won't plug anything. But but definitely follow at Bird Dogs. That that's my plug uh, on all on all social media. (laughs) Love it. We'll get 
we'll get all the links to there and like we'll get the newsletter there as well so people can subscribe to that because uh, I think it's a fantastic follow. And uh, Jack, this has been amazing. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. That's been The Exchange presented by Luke, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.